Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's Word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Yeah, I guess I'll start up here. That's fine. I just want everyone to kind of stay in an atmosphere of worship, yeah? Can we do that? Um, And while they were doing this song, um, I kept feeling like the Lord was like telling me a scripture to start off with. Um, And you don't have to turn there, but in the back, if you guys could pull up Jeremiah 32, 17. And um, it says, alas, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard or too wonderful for you. Um, How many of you in this room, you don't have to raise your hand. Also, can I be turned down just like a smidge? I feel really loud. Um, How many of you are dealing with anything in your life that seems impossible or that seems really difficult? I know that I have things in my life that are that way. And so um, I just wanna take a second to go back into yes and amen, because all God's promises are in fact yes and amen. Everything in this book you have access to because you know him, amen? So if that's if the word is true, if we're gonna take God for his word, then let's sing these, these words again. And you don't have to stand, but let's just worship the Father, amen? your 
just lift your hands all over this room. I believe that God really wants to stir up for who he he really is to us. He wants us to see who he really is. And I think for so long we have looked at God as maybe this big sovereign God who's so far away, who's not close, who doesn't get us. Um, But that's certainly not who he is. That's not his character. The Bible says that Jesus is not a high priest who doesn't understand what we're going through, the things that we were tempted with. Jesus was tempted with every single thing under the sun and overcame for you, for us. So God, I just thank you this morning that you're so faithful. God, I ask that the oracles of heaven, a word from you straight from your lips out of my mouth and into these ears, Father God. That's what I'm asking of you. I'm asking for heaven to come to earth. I thank you, Father God, that as I speak, the the light is coming on, the understanding is being had. And I thank you, Father God, that we won't leave this place the same. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Awesome. Well, you guys can be released. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, be, you can go sit down. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to be down here. So Daniel and Kenneth, do y'all mind to put this down here, please? I'm so sorry. I know it's all the way up there. Um, okay, so while they're doing that, um, I have the honor and privilege of talking about BRB Jesus part two. Um, yeah, please be excited because it's an awesome series. Yes, there we go. Woo! Um, <laughs> And, um, yeah, so, like, as I started to, well, first of all, Caitlin asked me about this, like, two weeks ago. And I was like, you know that emoji that has wide eyes and looks really shocked? That was me. Because I was like, about what? And she was like, well, because we're going to do a series. And I was like, ooh, okay, well, let me pray and see if that's what the Lord wants me to do. Um, And um, the Lord was like, yes. Like, you can, you got this. But then I sat down to, like, make notes and do, like, bullet points. I wasn't going to tell you guys this, actually, but here we are. Oh, thank you so much. And um, I went to go, like, make tons of notes, and the Holy Spirit said I didn't tell you to do that. Oh, you guys are early. We don't need that yet. Thanks, though. Um, So I go to, like, sit down and make notes, and the Holy Spirit's like, I didn't tell you to do that. And I go, oh, shoot, Okay. Um, and he really gave me a, a really direct mandate just to like study this scripture. And it reminded me of something a mentor once told me. I study to live and out of my living I preach. And so I, I was like, oh, that's real for me this week, everybody. So um, we're going to trust that the Lord has something really good to say. And he does. And so as I was like preparing for this and talking to the Lord about it, um, I was driving down the highway, actually on my way to work. Um, I work at a middle school part-time. Bless the middle schoolers at South Park Middle. Um, and um, he started talking to me about this concept of Lord over lifestyle. And um, the reason it was birthed is because Jessica Tate, how many of you guys love Jessica Tate, by the way? Wasn't she just like a breath of fresh air rolling all the way in from California? Um, And she said, everybody in Texas, everybody in the South is a Christian if you ask them, right? And I was like, wait a minute. No, I thought about it. And I was like, she is so right. (laughs) If you ask anybody like, hey, do you, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I'm in the grocery store. I'm in the grocery store. You're a random person. Say, 
Uh, wait, what was Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Oh, awesome. Okay. And then that ends the conversation because you as an evangelical Christian are like, they, they know him, so we good, right? Um, but the problem is, is that a lot of times we accept Jesus as our Lord and live a Christian lifestyle, but he is not really Lord. It was, it's, it's going to be fine. We're just, everybody breathe. It sounded like it's going to be heavy and it kind of is, but it's okay. Uh, I also wanted to ask, how many of you guys know what BRB means? Does everybody know? Be right back. Good. There we go. Because Andrew didn't say that last week, and I was like, I hope no one's confused. Like, what is this BRB thing? Anyway. Um, and he, just to recap what he was talking about last week, it was, in fact, birthed out of a joke, and I happened to be the brunt of said joke because I said, <laughs> because I said some, somebody, something frustrated me. And I said, I'm going to beat this person up. Sure am. Going to beat him up. And this wasn't like a year ago, okay? It wasn't six months ago. This was like last month, okay, that something happened. And I said, I'm going to beat this person up. So I said, excuse me, Jesus. I'm going to be right back and handle my business, okay? Now, how many of you know that that's not right? Like 100% is not right. <laughs> and... Um, the Lord began to, you know, obviously deal with my, my flesh, but that's what it is. How many of you know that you are a spirit, you have a soul and you live in a body, right? Those are the three parts of your person. Well, your flesh, your body, um, will often tell you, um, when you're irritated and to act on said irritation, but how many of you know that if the old has passed away and you've become new, like the word says, then that old man really doesn't have a say so. So we've talked about the flesh and how we ought, we ought not to let the flesh operate in us. But then I wanted to really kind of hone in on righteousness, right, being in right standing with God, being um, reconciled unto the Lord and what that really looks like. And when I started even thinking about this, when I think about um, righteousness or really following God, I want to look at Timothy why? Why is that, you may ask? Um, because Timothy was like, in his day, in the Bible's time, he was like, what, 22, 21, 22 years old? All my scholars in the front, pastors? Pretty young. There we go. He was, he was pretty young, and he led a church. But he didn't just lead any church. Like, he led like a mega church. And he had hundreds of people that were underneath him. And he probably shook like a leaf from time to time because that's intimidating. It's, intim it's intimidating for me to be up here with y'all. I can't imagine, and I'm 25, I can't imagine what 22-year-old me would be like with a megachurch. Just can't even do it. So for encouragement, um, Paul, you guys remember Paul? He, you know, killed lots of people, but then Jesus radically changed his life. He started to follow the Lord and then wrote over half the New Testament. Wild stuff. Real redemption took place in Paul's life, wouldn't you say? Real redemption took place because he was going this way, said, oh, Jesus, oh, you're real. Oh, I'm persecuting your church. Shoot, don't want to do that anymore. And he went this way. And he didn't look back. And he didn't look back. And I think that this, this Lord over lifestyle, I think this is a bunny trail, but I'm going to go with it because the Lord seems to be, yeah, okay. Um, I think a lot of times in today's modern vernacular, we say yes to the Lord. 
We decide to kill off the old person. That person's gone away, but then we walk away unchanged. We walk away still doing the same things that we were doing before, still talking like we used to talk, still acting like we used to act. And so we hear BRB Jesus, and you're like, me, I would never say be right back to Jesus, yet we do so in our everyday life. Yet we say yes to Jesus with our lips, but something different with our lives. We say yes to Jesus at the altar, hands lifted high, tears in our face. Yes, God, I'll follow you all the days of my life. I'll never do anything different. And then we walk out of those doors and we forgot all about that. We stopped allowing the Holy Spirit that is alive, that is vibrant, that is moving and ever speaking, just so you know, we silence that voice to follow another our flesh or to follow another the enemy of our souls. How many of you know that there is a devil? Okay, if there is a God, there has to be an op- opposite but equal reaction to every reaction. That's just plain old science. So if God is good, then the devil bad, real simple stuff. He's got an agenda for you and it's opposite of what the Lord wants for you. And how many of you know that if you step outside of God's will, I'm just gonna move this table. There we go. If we step outside of God's will, whose will are you following? That's tough stuff, isn't it? And you think it's your own. You think it's you. Like, well, this is just my plan, right? Well, if your plan isn't God's plan, whose plan is it? And can I, can I just present to you that God has a wildly better plan for you than you could ever have for yourself. Like a wildly better plan. Um, I know for me, so like for those of you who have not lived, like been to this church for all of your life and you know who I am, um, I grew up in this church. I got saved with my aunt who was the worship leader on the way home from church. I was five years old, and she said, Carrie, do you know what happened? What would happen if you died today? And I kind of went, no. She asked me if I'd go to heaven or hell, and I was like, no, I have no idea. And um, she asked me if I wanted to accept Jesus, and I was like, well, we've been praising Jesus this whole time. Yeah, I want to accept Jesus, of course. You know, so five-year-old me says yes to the Lord, um, but it wasn't like, you know, straight and narrow from there. I walked away from God several times because I wanted to follow my own plan. I said, be right back, Jesus, a lot of times in my life and did my own thing. Uh, And my own thing really led to a lot of brokenness, a lot of hurt that I did not have to face. It wasn't God doing all that. You know what I'm saying? It's like me, it's you step out and you kind of do your own thing and you don't listen to the Lord and things happen that you're not expecting. Um, And so I run from God for like a long time, but I have a praying family. How many of you have, how many of you are in here? You're like a young adult or a teenager. That's mainly y'all. And you, that your parents like pray for you and the Lord tells on you. Okay. That was like me, still me my whole life. Um, Except now I'm in charge of my own life. And so I keep running from God. I have calls from my aunts and uncles who are like, Carrie, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, Lord, stop telling on me, my goodness. Um, And finally, I'm 18 years old. I'm in Austin, Texas, and the Holy Spirit beckons to me. And God's so good because he doesn't care where you've been. He doesn't care what you've been doing. He cares about you. It's not the sin that, I mean, sin separates us from God, absolutely. But sin 
doesn't separate God from you, your person. So there's a clue in there. You are not your sin. You are not your sin. You may be operating in sin. You may be allowing yourself to be subject to sin, but you are not your sin. And you are not your circumstance. So anyways, all that said, um, the Holy Spirit calls to me, and I have the audacity to tell him that I'm not coming. I'm good. No. He says, it's time to come home, specifically. Three times he says, I'm like, no, I don't need you. I don't need you. I'm fine. And of course, I'm in church with my family, and my Aunt Faye leans over and says, did you raise your hand, like, for the altar call? And I'm like, no, I didn't raise my hand. I was so ugly to her. My poor Aunt Faye, she's, like, the sweetest person. And so I'm like, no, I didn't raise my hand. And um, But the Lord keeps talking to me. Long story short, I get rededicated, and life is fast from that point forward. I decide I'm going to go to Bible school, and I leave that summer. Um, and, you know, the rest is history. So from 18 to 21, I was in an internship. And even after that, because how many of you know that just because you make a right decision, like you're going to follow God, you're going to go to Bible school, you're going to do the right thing, you're going to read the right book, say the right things, that does not make you untouchable from sin. It doesn't make you untouchable to the enemy's tactics. Because after I'm out of Bible college, on fire for God, love Jesus. I have all this experience under my belt, and it's really, really great. But then, because I had allowed pride to get into my heart about, you know, about relationships, I was like, I had been seeing things at the university I started attending, and I was like, I would never do that. I would never do that. So hear those words. I would never sleep with my boyfriend. I would never be in a relationship where the guy is not saved. But instead, I opened myself up to that because I said, I would never do that. Of course not. Not spiritual old me. And so I go down this path where I'm in a wrong relationship with a guy. And I wake up one day and I'm outside of the will of God. And it doesn't start like that. Do you know that? Do you know that it doesn't start with you in the will of God one day and the next day you said, peace out, Jesus, I'll be right back? Maybe. Who really knows? Uh, It doesn't start out that way. It starts with one bad decision or one thought that you're too good to sin. That's crazy, right? We how how do we think that? How do we allow ourselves to think, I'm too good to sin? Please, that old thing, that's done with. But the very thing that you turn your nose up at, that you say, I'm too good for that, it's too good to happen to me, guess what? Guess what you've opened yourself up to? So I open myself up to this. I'm in this relationship, this terrible relationship that is like so not of God. My entire family never really met him because if you know the Lewises, they don't play that, y'all. They just don't play that. They would have, my Uncle Michael would have beat him up or something. He would just not have survived. Uh, and I hid from I hid from my family, and why? And that's isn't that like what we do? Like when we're in sin, we want to hide and go away because we know it's wrong. We know that it's not of God, but we hide ourselves away. And if nobody knows about it, it's not really happening. If nobody knows about it, then it's fine. It's in the dark. So um, it took lots of prayer, lots of um, hearing good friends say hey, this guy's not for you. This isn't God's best. And it took me not listening quite a few times. But I finally got out of that relationship, and my saving grace was that I just refused to not listen to the Lord. Isn't that wild? Even during all this craziness that happened in my life, if the Lord gave me a directive 
like, Carrie, I want you to go and help Caitlin and help your grandmother. I would say, even in the midst of sin, because remember, you're not your sin. So even if you're in the midst of a sinful situation that God himself has told you you're not supposed to be in, that does not keep him from speaking to you. Because guess what? Even in the midst of that, even in the midst of you saying peace out to Jesus, he still loves you. And I found that out in such a radical way because I was still living with my boyfriend, still doing the wrong thing, but my heart was softening. And I wasn't in ministry because I was like, I'm not going to screw anybody up. Like, I know my life is not right. I'm going to stay away from ministry. And I know that that's the call that God's placed on my life. But I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I still wanted to like be close to God, kind of, but like not really because I still did my own thing. And so the thing that was my saving grace, that was mercy and grace on my life, was saying yes to God and coming to Beaumont. (laughs) Funny, funny. Um, (laughs) Do you know why I'm laughing? Because then I got married. That's wild. That's crazy stuff. Anyways, it's just funny. Anyways, um, but I didn't know all that at the time. And remember why, why I'm saying all this, the plan of God. The plan of God is better for you. His plan for your life is way better than what you've got planned. Because even in the midst of that crazy relationship, the Lord gave me like an open vision of a child. And it haunts me, not haunts me really, but like it was enough to make me say, whoa, I got to get out of this thing. But he showed me a picture of this child like looking up at me with these big brown eyes and this beautiful like curly hair that looked like mine. And she was brown skinned like me. And by the, like because of the Lord, like because I just knew, um, I knew it was my child. And she had tears welling up in her eyes because she was confused. She's like, mommy loves Jesus and follows Jesus, but daddy doesn't love Jesus. So who, who am I supposed to listen to? So there's this child that I have given birth to that is so confused now because I've allowed myself to stay in sin. And I'm telling you, that shook me. I was like, no, no. I don't know why it took him showing me like my future children, But there's something about, like, raising up the next generation. Like, I'm not going to fool with that. Like, that's so important to me. And so, anyways, the Lord still was speaking to me in the midst of that and still showed me that he had a better plan for me. And then even all along, getting out of that situation, I felt so broken and felt so, like, God could never use me, ever. He probably will never trust me. I probably won't get married for years and years from now because for some reason there is this idea that the church has given, and I don't mean like this church necessarily, but the church widespread kind of tells you, well, if you've been living in sin, yeah, oh, it's going to be a while before God has good, good things for you. And that's just not true. And I remember because I was on the highway moving out, of my boyfriend's apartment for the fourth time, fourth and final time, um, and I just was crying. And I was like, Lord, like, what is going to become of me? Like, how is anyone going to love me? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me so sweetly. He said, the man that I've called you to marry will not even have that in his mind the day that he stands before me to marry you. And I was like, ooh, okay, Lord, I can hold on to that. I didn't fully believe it though, right? Because you can't see it. If you're not seeing it right before you, it's so hard to believe. Um, But, you know, to make a long story even shorter, um, what was that? That was 2017 in August. Harvey happens. Uh, I meet said man I'm going to marry. Didn't like him. We were just friends. (laughs) He knows this. I tell him. We talk about it all the time. Didn't like him. Um, 
And Caitlin actually secretly was the matchmaker, secretly. She said, the only guy that I would ever, like, put you with is this guy named Andrew Pineda. He's so cool. He's so nice. He just, like, looks cool. And I was like, I was like, okay, whatever. And then I meet Andrew, and I was like, no. I just, no. <laughs> but the Lord took the scales from my eyes because Andrew is so handsome. Like, I was ridiculous. He's, like, super handsome. <laughs> Um, all that to say, like, follow God's plan for your life, y'all. Like, that is a huge story of redemption. Like, how good is the Lord to take what was so broken and so wrong and so, ugh, you know, just, ugh. It was a terrible thing. And to make it into something that's so beautiful that I wouldn't trade for the world. And he gave me something that, do you know that the Lord will give you, the, that scripture that says he'll give you the petitions, the secret desires of your heart in Proverbs? Um, so like a desire that I never told anybody ever is that I was like, I'd love to marry somebody who can play guitar and sing. (laughs) Plays guitar and sings. Um, so all that, I I wasn't like planning on talking about that. So this is really cool. Um, but there was a time in my life where I literally said, be right back to Jesus a lot. And I'm recognizing that it was in those times, those years of my life, where he was not truly Lord. He was merely fire insurance. Sucky to say, but, you know, truth is truth, you know? I was not looking at Jesus as my king, as not just my savior, not just fluffy Jesus in heaven who is just fluffy and nice and he wants to just give you a hug and kiss you on the forehead. No, not, I, that's just who he was to me. Fluffy Jesus, who's fire insurance, who's going to make sure I got into heaven, yes. Um, but now I'm in this different place, and this is the place that I encourage all of you to try and seek out today, to try and ask the Lord if you're really living this way. Um, now he's my Lord. He is my Lord over, over my lifestyle. I don't just live a Christian lifestyle and then do nothing with the Christian that I am. Um, Lindy Kona is a singer, and she, she has this new album out. You guys should go listen to it. It's super good. Well, I heard her in this flow say, you didn't just die for me to live on the sidelines. You didn't just give up your life for me to just give 10% of my income. And I was like, man, that just blew me away. Because absolutely, like, if Jesus just died so that you can get into heaven— if Jesus just died so you can give your, get your 10%, you know, treat, you know, God like a credit card, you give your 10%, he gives back to you, you give, he gives back, and that's all that you do with your life, then man, aren't we disrespecting and not honoring the gospel? Aren't we disrespecting and not honoring the priceless, I mean, just brings me to tears, the most amazing gift that could ever be given to you, and that is Jesus. That is his life poured out before every, before every man that, cur- that spat at him, that said, oh, it's just the carpenter's boy. Oh, that's Jesus. Oh, look at him. He's, he's praying now to the Lord. They're making fun of him on the cross. And he said, yep, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to stay up here. The Bible says that he could call down angels and his father would protect him. And we know that because we know God and because we've seen the Lord do all of these like like wonderful, immaculate miracles all through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So they know that that's true. Jesus isn't just blowing smoke. But for you, he stayed up there. For me, he stayed up there. So why 
why would we not why would we not stop gossiping if he's our lord why would we not allow love the god kind of love to really infiltrate our lives enough for us to not turn a blind eye to those who are hurting And I don't just mean in these four walls because, hey, that's great. That's wonderful. Yes, be family. I'm not saying that. Don't negate what I'm saying. But what I am saying is outside of here, when you you are at the grocery store, we keep mentioning the grocery store and like ministry and grocery stores. But how many of you know everybody in Beaumont goes to like HEB or Walmart? There's like one or two places that's filled with hurting and broken people. So are we going to say got to get my groceries, be right back, Jesus. I'll come back after I'm done my grocery shopping. I'm just trying to make it in and get out as fast as I can. How selfish are we? Y'all, come on. Like, it's so important that we allow the Holy Spirit to speak. And if that's you already, listen, I'm trying to be you right now, okay? I'm trying to allow the Lord to, like, use me in that way. So, like, when I go to Target or something, I'm like, I'm, like, looking at a person. This person, like, wipes their face. I think they're crying. And I'm like, and they like, they're just like blowing their nerves. I'm like, oh, shoots, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Okay. <laughs> you know? Why, though? Because I'm hungry. I'm hungry to see God move. I want to see him do something. I know he can. If the gospel says that we're to lay hands on the sick and watch him recover, and if we're to open the blind eyes and open the deaf ears, then I'm game for it. Let's do it. But we all have to be game for it. Do you know, Pastor said this before he left for the Dominican Republic, and I just loved it. He goes, what would happen if everybody did what the Bible said to do? What would happen if we were all making disciples? He said, I think that would usher in the coming of the Lord. I was like, "Uh, yeah, me too, pastor. Absolutely. But it starts with not just allowing your Christian to be the grade of a Christian that's just living the Christian lifestyle. Something else that, um, I think I'm going to read it, actually. I was, um, like I said, I was reading Timothy First Timothy, and um, I began to think about, like, how people in the world treat the Bible today, and it's almost like this book's so old. Like, this is such an old book, you know? It's so outdated. There's so many issues that this Bible is not relevant to today, and um, I just want to tell anybody who's, like, young and who thinks that or you're even listening on the live stream and you think that, I just want to go ahead and let you know that that's incorrect. Your theology is wrong. God's not called the Rock of Ages because he old, please. This book, although written over 2,000 years ago, the word back then was Jesus is the king, and he came here to heal your body and to make sure that you would live like the kingdom calls you to live. It's the same today. So if this word says something that in your life is incorrect, guess who's wrong? Not the book. So if there is something, and, and let me tell you something, there is... This is the last days, okay? How many of you know that? That Jesus is going to come back for his church. You're in it. You're in the last of the last days. And so how many of you know that the world is going to tell you, do what you want, you know, feel what you want to feel, live by your feelings and all that other stuff. Let me tell you something. Today, I feel like Diana Ross. And tomorrow... Because of my hair. Yeah, thank you. But tomorrow, I could feel like Beyonce. Okay? Should I just live like Beyonce? Absolutely not. 
what, I don't have Beyonce's money, first of all. And second of all, that's not who God's called me to be. So what's my point? Also, you could love nachos today, but then tomorrow, oh, I hate nachos. And plus, I read this thing that nacho cheese is like super bad for your health. So I think, I, I think I'm just going <laughs> to... So I think I'm just going to only eat vegan. I'm, I'm just going to be vegan. Like, I'm just, I think that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm not calling you out if you're vegan, okay? Be vegan if that's what the Lord told you to do. That's your business, not my business, okay? But I'm just saying your feelings are going to change from one day to the next. So why would you change based on your feelings? Why not change based on this? This is life. This is life. Um, and, yeah, wow. Oh, my page bent. Okay, got it. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I'm going to come up here and read this. Um, so all that in mind, remember, the world's going to tell you that, you know, you need to do this or do that, and they're going to be wrong because they're the world. <sighs> Sorry, just saying it's true. So 1 Timothy 4.1, uh, and I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. I think they're going to have it in the Amplified for you. And the little thingy here, what's this called? This little title, it's called Warning Against False Teachers. Says the Holy Spirit has explicitly revealed at the end of this age, many will depart from the true faith one after another, devouring themselves to spirits of deception and following demon inspired, demon inspired revelations. Things demons teach. What? Listen, you better read your Bible, folks. That's all I'm saying about that. And following demon-inspired revelations and theories, hypocritical liars will deceive many and their consciences won't bother them at all. They will require, oh, sorry. They will require celibacy and dietary restrictions that God does not expect, for he created all foods to be received with the righteous, with the celebration of faith by those who fully know the truth. We, all, we know that all creation is beautiful to God and there is nothing to be refused if it is received with gratitude. Now that's talking about food and like, that's, don't get me started there. I have a whole theory that's probably, probably can't pre be preached dogmatically. But let's focus on the, that first, those first two scriptures. There's going to be a great falling away of saints. There are going to be those who are hardcore, following after God Christians who will be deceived. So if you're living in any kind of, any facet of deception right now, I implore you, get reconciled with God. Get reconciled with the Lord. And, you know, I've had a lot of hard conversations in the past, like, three months. Not an exaggeration about every subject under the sun. And I'm like, and asked a lot of hard questions, but I go back to what I know. And it's that God is good. He is faithful. His word is true. And I don't, I don't come to this and say, you know, I'm gonna allow this book to fit whatever my life is doing. I'm not gonna do that. And you shouldn't either. I'm going to allow my life to be molded into what this book says because this is going to bring life, because this is going to bring change. I think a lot of times we don't want to find out what God's saying to us because we don't want him to say no to something or he, we don't want him to tell him something. To, we don't want him to tell us to do something that we don't want to do. And come on, how bad can it really be, right? I mean, seriously, how bad can it really be? If God is with you, if, God, if being in the perfect will of God, you're more protected in that than anything else. So what's the worst that could happen? The Lord's told me, like, things that, you know, could have made me pee my pants, like, years ago. 
And now I'm like, you know, no, it's not, not so bad. Not so bad. Because I know he goes before me. I know he goes behind me. I know he's going to protect me and um, hubs over there and our child. So it's not, it's not that bad anymore. So I, I want to, and the band can actually come back up. Before we, you know, close this out, does this, is this helping anybody? Like raise a hand like, yes. Okay, good. Good, good deal. Um, man. Actually, just give me a second. Everybody just pray in the spirit or something. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. Thank you, Father God. We do want you, Lord. You're so good. Had all these scriptures planned out, and like none of them seem right right now, except for this one. Everybody, you can turn to Second Corinthians five, fourteen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Man, God's so good, isn't He? Okay. And again, I'm reading in the TPT, but they're going to have it in the Amplified. And it says, For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us, because we are absolutely convinced that he has given his life for all of us. This means all died with him, so that those that live should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for him. The one who died for us and now lives again. So then from now on, we have a new perspective that refuses to evaluate people merely by their outward appearances. For that's how we were once viewed. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one, but no longer do we see him with limited human insight. Verse 17, that's where I wanted to get to. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. So today we're going we're gonna to be taking communion, but, um, and I have, like, I want to read about communion as well. But I really do believe that there are some in this room right now who you have only been living a Christian lifestyle, but you've not allowed Jesus to fully be Lord. And I really believe that God is asking some hard, hard things of some of you in this room right now. And um, you're choosing to say no because you're afraid. You're afraid of the outcome or you're afraid of what it's going to look like. Hmm. But um, I've been there really and truly. I was in, like I said, in that relationship, uh, I was so scared to get out of it because I wasn't sure what was on the other side. We have the fear, sometimes we allow the fear of the unknown to keep us from obeying. But how many of you know, you don't really have to know the answer. You don't have to know the outcome. You can just trust that if God's good, like he says he is, and he is. And if God's faithful, like his word shows that he is, and he is, then he's gonna, he's gonna have your back 100%. Even if it makes you look crazy, like moving to another city where you have no job, uh, no car or no place to live in. But yet and still, I have been more taken care of um, than I ever have been anywhere that I've gone. 
And that's not to, listen, I'm not saying any of that to say, hey, look at me, look at me, I know what to do. No, but I'm telling you because I'm a living testimony of God's goodness. I'm a living testimony of what it looks like if you just continue to say no to you and say yes to him, what can happen? Um, yeah, man, thank you, Lord. Would you all just bow your head with me? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You're so good, God. You are so good. You're so merciful. You're so gracious. That even when we say no to you, you're still, you still chase after us. That even when we disobey you, you're still, you're still father to us. You never abandon us in the middle of our mess. You never stop speaking to us. God, thank you for doing that. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that those that are um, in the sound of my voice right now, I ask that you would just so remind them of how deeply you love them. Thank you, Father. Yes. You're so deeply loved. You're so deeply loved. What you did is insignificant. What you did doesn't matter. Of course, that has to be dealt with. Repent. That's it, though. So, yes, right now. Come on, I believe he's ministering to hearts all over this room, his love. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Invade this place with your love, Lord. Nothing's too big for you. Nothing's too hard for you. No sin too great, no hole too deep. Thank you, Father. No psychological issue, none of that's too hard for God. He made your mind, he made your brain. I was listening to a teaching um, and they were talking about how they did healing school and how a person gave a testimony of being healed from a bipolar disorder. I'd never heard that before, um, but of course, right? Like he's God. Yeah, of course he wants to heal you from that. So if there's anybody dealing with like psychological things like, um, like ADD or like dyslexia, anything like that, God wants to heal you today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. In fact, if we have prayer partners, can those people come up, please? And if you're dealing with any kind of ailment in your body, um, no, wait, sorry, too soon. But prayer partners, you come up first. Okay, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. So um, I'm going to read these scriptures about communion. And then um, I'm going to, the worship team is going to play this song. And as we're worshiping, I want you to really allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I believe he is already. Um, but we're not going to take this communion table lightly anymore. If you have in the past, like, just go ahead and repent. No big deal. But let me tell you the purpose of it. And it's way deeper than I'm going to go up and get my bread and get my juice, drink my, eat my bread, drink my juice, call it good. That's not it. Um, it's a very important thing that's taken place. And I really believe that as we're worshiping, and if you do need prayer, then I want you to come up during that time. 
Um, I really believe that the Lord wants to heal people today. And listen, I feel like when I was younger, I wouldn't answer the altar call because I was like, I just have a cough. Like, it's not that big of a deal. The cough's going to go away in like two days. It's not a big deal. But let me tell you something. If there's anything happening in your body that doesn't line up with what this word says that you're supposed to have, then it's enough for you to get prayed for. It's enough for God to heal. If it's a tickle in your throat, or if it's a small pain in your muscle, God cares about it. No, listen to me. He cares about it. It's a big deal to him because it's anything to you. If it's anything to you, it's a big deal to God. So 1 Corinthians 11, starting in verse 23. I have handed down to you what came to me by direct revelation from the Lord himself. The same night in which he was handed over, he took bread and gave thanks. Then he distributed it to the disciples and said, Take it and eat your fill. It is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. He did the same with the cup of wine after supper and said, This cup seals the new covenant with my blood. Drink it, and whenever you drink this, do it to remember me. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are retelling the story, proclaiming our Lord's death until he comes. For this reason, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in the wrong spirit will be guilty of dishonoring the body in the blood of the Lord. And that's kind of heavy, isn't it? So let each individual first evaluate his own attitude and only then eat the bread and drink the cup. For continually eating and drinking with the wrong spirit will bring judgment upon yourself by not recognizing the body. This insensitivity is why many of you are weak, chronically ill, and some even dying. And I was like, man, Lord, is that really how you feel about this? And the Lord said very strongly to me, Carrie, I care about this. I want my people to get this. I want my people to know the importance of this. And not just the communion message, but don't allow Christianity just to be the life so that you live. Allow him to be Lord of your life. It's so vitally important. So, um, yeah, let's worship for a little while. And if you have any ailment whatsoever, uh, we want to pray with you, okay? Nothing's too small or too big for the Lord. We just read, right? He can do anything, amen?